Episode 33, Getting It Right in Kids Ministry with Yancey. Here we go, tribe. This is the Kidman Tribe Podcast. We're helping you as children's pastors, volunteers, and leaders plan, create, and execute incredible life-changing kids' worship experiences at your church. With practical tips, coaching, training, and resources from the best in kids' ministry around the world. It's time to join the tribe. Hey everyone, you are in the middle of summer. You're probably thinking, okay, gotta start putting together fall. Wanna take a look at our ministry to make sure we're ready. Fall is such a great time to do that. Kids are going back to school. Families are back off of vacation. I pray it's the best season ever. And as you're thinking about what to do, I definitely want to encourage you to listen to this podcast. On today's edition, we're going to talk about some great tips and insight on making sure that you're getting it right in your kids' ministry. What do you need to do to be focused on elevating the experiences that your kids are having in your ministry that you're ministering and giving them the tools that they need. What do we need to be doing to get things right? We only have a finite amount of time with each child in our ministry, and it's so important that we make every moment with every child count. I'm excited to welcome my good friend back to the podcast, Yancey. Yancey was with us last year and was such an incredible blessing. She's going to talk to us about what it looks like to get things right. She travels across America. I think she brings a broad perspective on what's happening in kids' ministry today. She's going to give us some great ideas and some great thoughts on how we can evaluate our kids' ministry to do ministry better and make sure we get it right. Yancey's been in children's ministry since she was born. She's been writing, producing, leading kids in worship for many years. Before she started kids' music, she wrote music for some of Christian music's most well-loved artists. In 2021, she won a dove for Ready, Set, Go, one of her newest Little Praise Party projects. Her music is being used in churches in 167 countries. Yancey's also an author. She just released a book last year that you're not going to want to miss. She'll talk more about that on the podcast. I'm so excited to have Yancey on the show today. I love her heart. I love what God has been speaking to her about, and I think you will too. Getting it right in kids' ministry. Don't miss a single moment of today's podcast. Share it with all your friends. Get the word out. I hope that you are ready for an incredible time today. We're going to jump in with Yancey right after this. Hey guys, I'm hanging out with one of our video producers, Christian Jones. Christian, talk to me about serving great kids' ministries and what it's like for you to create content for kids to learn about Jesus. So I do, you know, working with the team, I, I do, you know, content for adult ministry, for students ministry, and then also for kid ministry. But I, you know, I have to say I'm totally biased when it comes to doing the content for the kids ministries. Um, I 1000% because I'm, I'm an immature child at heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I mean, attest who, to, to at least one of those. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, who doesn't, who wouldn't love, um, you know, I mean, basically making cartoons for, you know, for kids ministries, for God, you know? So serving in that way is, is always a blast. I mean, you know, we're making, you know, funny little uh, videos with dragons flying around and monster trucks and, you know, but all at the core of it is, is just bringing, you know, people closer children closer to god and you know that's having fun and doing something that's purpose-filled is you know that's the total package 
Yeah, I'm with you and we won't tell anybody else this, but I'm pretty biased when it comes to kids ministry also because we, and I'm a motion designer too, like you. Uh, and so there, you can have fun with stuff. You can get away with a lot more. Yep. You can, you know, you know, sound effects. I mean, there's just a lot more freedom with kids ministries that is, is unlike working for adults and students. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Well, man, thank you so much for your heart. Really appreciate everything that you do for the team. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, hello, children's ministry leaders. It's Jason Noble with the Kidman Tribe. We're so glad that you're here. I have one of my favorites with me today. Yancey, welcome. Hey. Love what you do for kids ministry. And it's so awesome to be able to talk. You were my second guest almost a year ago. Oh my and it was such a blessing. Her so many great things. Yancey is a worship leader. She does a lot in kids ministry. Tell us what you're up to, what God's putting on your heart. I know we're going to have a good discussion today about what you're seeing as important in kids ministry and kind of uh, digging into that. So love to hear yeah. what you're up to. Yeah, well, I am, I mean, like literally like what I'm up to. Yeah, like, like new projects or... I know. I know. So a few things. So we're definitely in conference season. So I've been out um, doing some conferences and live events um, this past month. And then as well, putting the finishing touches up on um, something new, which is a Christmas musical that I wrote and partnered with a company called Lindlinus Music. And they're kind of oral publisher out there still making stuff happen. And so they, they asked me, they're like, would you ever do a kid's Christmas musical? And I was like, sure, sign me up. I love Christmas music. So it sounds like a fun project. So um, that's going to release in May uh, of this year. And it's called best Christmas song ever with Yancey and just excited to partner with churches in kind of a new way to just help them help their kids and and therefore their families and their church and their community celebrate Christmas. So yeah, and I haven't fun. been in the market for kids musicals lately. Mm-hmm. We did a kids musical when we were children's pastors every year. Um, what's that market look like? Cause when we were in it, it was hard to find good kids musicals. Yeah. I mean, uh, good question <laughs> <laughs> because you know, I, uh, up until about six months ago, I wasn't in that space. Therefore, okay. I really wasn't paying attention a whole lot. I, I I have heard through the shakeout of the past few years um, that there's really, you know, quite a few choral companies that kind of are not still standing. And there's only a couple left. And, and Lilliness Music, who I partnered with, is one of those. And kind of their thing that they like to provide is, is making it be an easy musical for a church to put on. So even if you're limited to only having Sundays to rehearse it, you know, it's basically five songs, about 30 minutes in length. And so it's kind of set up where, you know, it's not this monstrosity of a production that you're putting on, but something that feels a little bit more like you can, you know, bite it off and tackle it and in a shorter amount of time for a church. So I'm excited, you know, obviously I wrote the songs like I write songs for kids and knowing specifically a group of kids is going to be the ones that are singing this. And so just let that guide some of my choices as I wrote it. But it was a lot of fun and had my dad help me with all the dialogue stuff. That was the part that I was like, that's not a Yancey thing, but that's totally a Jim thing. (laughs) Right. I could see that. Totally. Be right up his alley, right? 
Yeah, exactly. So he was all about writing some cheesy jokes. Uh, some dad jokes, throwing them in. For sure. Uh, <laughs> performed, performed by a child. That's great. Musical, yeah. Getting them ready for it. Well, you know, and what happens, Christmas musicals tend to be an incredible outreach. You'll have families that will come to a Christmas musical that may not go to anything else because their kids are performing. And so like that in our churches that used to be the, I mean, it was a huge thing for kids to come out and uh, their parents and grandparents and the whole family. Right. All so the extended great, family. So yeah. sure. Totally. That's awesome. Well, I'm super excited about that. So what are you hearing out on the road? What are you hearing kids ministry leaders talking about? What are some of the things that you're seeing that, man, I want to talk to leaders about and yeah. really dig into? I want to hear your heart. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the thing, the thing that, really has been sticking out to me the past few weeks um, and just these conversations with leaders kind of twofold. I mean, one, leaders are just going through real hard stuff, you know, and whether that's stuff going on personally with them, staff changes in their church, therefore, you know, leadership or extra work falling on their shoulders or all this kind of stuff. I was at an event last week and just kept having these conversations that just felt heavy and weighty and so I guess if you're listening today, I just want you to know that you're seen and you're heard and we're we're praying for you and we want to partner with you in this. Um, that's some of those hard things. So staff changes. Is it downsizing? Yeah. Is it like what what are you? Yeah, it, I mean, in, in this this case of this one conversation, it was literally just like they used to be like a team of three people and, you know, sometime in the last month, the one person was gone. And so she had picked up a whole lot of slack. And then like the same day that she had showed up to this conference, we were at her assistant, you know, resigned as well. And so she's like, I'm going back home. And it's like, all on me, you know, like the workload of what three people was. And so, you know, she's just sitting in front of me and I can just see that that kind of way. But on the flip side, it was also exciting because we were as well having a conversation where she knew um, and just was now in a place leadership wise and responsibility wise to realize, okay, our kids don't know how to worship. And so I want to be intentional about that in this new season and, you know, take part in it, which of course I love because that's that's an area that I'm passionate about. And, you know, just another, another thing, I think we talked via email and I just kind of shared, I I did a, a ministry conference, not, not too far back. And really at the end of it just was like, I don't know, brokenhearted, sad, burdened, like all, all the emotions, because I was talking with a, a bunch of leaders that I realized had, had the power the influence, the staff, the budget, all the things to be more intentional in this area of worship if they so chose. And, you know, felt like I shared some things with them, kind of presented it, had all the things ready to like go for them to be able to run with. And it, and it didn't, it didn't feel like they responded. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I, I walked away from that event really just kind of like, I don't know, feel, feeling, you know, beat up a little bit in a sense, because it was just like, oh my goodness, like these people, these leaders could have done something like they have the staff. Yep. They could have been more intentional to just lean into the area. Like, I'm not even saying like, here's the to-do list, please go right. tackle it. 
saying, let's sit down in the coffee shop and let's talk about it or, you know, sit down around a boardroom table, you know, right. in, your, in your church with some other team players and let's just analyze and evaluate what's happening and let's talk through what our vision is and what we want to see kids experience in this area. And like, you know, like, let's just lift a finger on the subject. And as I was, you know, just kind of praying about it in those days after I just felt the Lord remind me that the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Right. And, um, and, you know, it's one of those like churchy scriptures that we're used to hearing and I think we oftentimes think about it on the forefronts of salvation or missions or like all these other things. But, you know, um, it was interesting. God just kind of bringing that up in my spirit because I'm like, OK, these are these are people that know the Lord. Like these are people that are vocationally working in a church and leading an area of ministry. And yes, they love kids and all these things, but even still, there's things in our our ministries that I know matter to the Lord. Yeah. That oftentimes we're not being intentional and focusing on. And so and, here's my question. Yeah. What are they replacing worship with? Like what what's the missing link for some of these leaders and maybe even leaders that are listening today? Have you kind of been able to like what's what's going in place of it? Is it more that we're just going to get our kids together and have a good time and not really focus on like, what, what do you see that? Let's see. As yeah. yeah. I mean, I think in general, they're just putting fluff there. So I think it's, I think it's just being content to just like, I kind of call it like Russian roulette, <laughs> you know, standing it works. Yeah. Standing in the tech booth, just pulling some songs in at random and pro presenter and like not, thinking it through or praying about it or asking, what are we talking about? And like, what are some songs that could best support the other ministry that's happening today to really connect the dots and help kids encounter God? They're just like picking songs at random or um, another thing. And I I will back up and share this story um, before I make this next point too. I had, um, this is a couple years back. I was attending a conference. Um, it was a conference that was like sponsored by a foundation. So, you know, it was a family foundation, obviously wealthy family, if they're putting on this event and, and underwriting it. And the, the, the one guy from the family that was kind of the host was kind of setting things up the first day. And he shared a story and just said that their family had been going through some stuff that year, mm. um, going through some hard things. And, and he had his kids, they're in a private Christian school. And one day his daughter came to him and said, Hey, dad, um, all the songs that we sing in chapel are about being happy. And how do I go to God with my pain? Oh, wow. And, you know, it was like one of those moments I immediately like flipped over my notebook and started writing out the words to a song that I've now released called Even When that was just talking about all these different situations and feelings and emotions and stuff that we go through. But our response can be like Jeremiah 29, 13 to seek the Lord. And when you seek God, you will find him. It mm. will seek all your heart. And that's the, that's the alternative, no matter what we're going against. But I think that story highlights what I have seen true, even in the ministry space and talking to children's ministry leaders 
that they can become so focused on the fun factor, whether that be a game or whether that's just like wanting the song that makes the whole room, you know, spin to the side three times and clap, clap over their head, that they can be so focused on that action fun moment because it looks like a party. It looks like engagement. You know, it looks like these picture perfect things we want to put on our Instagram. But yet, when you only focus on that, and I'm not saying that those things are bad in and right. of themselves, but it's a, it's just like you focus in a meal and teach <laughs> teach people how to eat. You know, like right. need the vegetables, you need the protein, you need the fruit, like you need all the things. Like it's not only having dessert for dinner. And I just think that's that's one of those things in ministry that, and I think children's ministers especially can fall prey to is just being focused on, okay, how, how do we make it seem like this is the best party ever? Right. And, and then because that works and because you like the outcome of it and all those things, you start in the area of worship, only focusing on that type of song. And what ends up happening is you've got kids that are in a, Christian environment, whether that be a a Christian school, whether that be faithful to come to church on a regular basis. And they are going through stuff in life as we know kids do and families do. And they're then confused and don't really know the pathway to sitting at the feet of Jesus so they can cast their cares upon the Lord. And so they can look to him to be their strength. And I feel from that perspective you know we we are failing and we're doing our kids a disservice when we haven't shown them hey this is the way to the father you know this is (laughs) right this is how you approach the throne and you know and that can happen so easily throughout their days in their in their parents car you know yeah in their home in their room back outside playing in the backyard or doing whatever, like they've got time and space that these songs can be etched on their heart um, forever. That's a good word etched on their heart. You know, I think that's such an important aspect because it's really etching the things of the Lord on their heart. Um, Mm -hmm. I think what you're really saying, and I could be putting a word in your mouth, but intentional, we've got to be intentional about how we, build kids and what we want to see in their lives. And it's not just pull curriculum off a shelf, do what's taught, like just, you know, and I think we can kind of get into that mode. Sometimes we've got so much stuff going on that it's easier to do what you just said, where it's like, we're going to pull, 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 you know, pull the songs, pull that, like who's praying about it every week. And I think who's like really saying, okay, what's this teaching our kids intentionally um, and if you look at the stats of kids today, they're going through some deep stuff, the depression, the, I mean, like kids in our kids ministry. And like, I think sometimes we don't really dig in to go, what's really going on and what do our kids really need? Mm-hmm. For you sure. know? So how do we intentionally, like, let's talk about that for a minute. How do we intentionally build a service that will lead kids to the throne? I love that, that analogy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think one of the biggest factors is you have to you have to make space and time for it to happen. And so you've got to account, you know, whether you're looking at it as a a spot 
in the service or minutes that you're, um, you've got. And, and let me say this too, cause this is coming to mind. Cause I had someone ask me this just the other day where, and I think this happens with a lot of leaders where you are limited on time. You know, maybe your large group thing is like this 30 minute segment. Yep. So you've got, you know, I have the people that are like, we can't, we can't even do three songs every week, you know? So how, how do I make that type of offering to them with a limited amount of time? And, and my suggestion for that situation is instead of looking at how to accomplish it every single week, look at it throughout the month holistically. And so, yes, you might not be able to do an activity song and, you know, a praise song and a worship song or and a response song at the end of a message because it just ties in and would really become this prayerful kind of dedication, repentance moment based on what was being taught that day. And and not to say that you need every one of those things every single week anyways, but especially for the for those of you that are like, I can do two songs, you know, or I can do one song. I say, think about your month as a set and at least give from week to week some of those different experiences. So one, one week, it is the fun activity thing and kind of a mid-tempo praise song. And one song, it's a, one week, it's a praise song and maybe a hymn. And one week, it's a, you know, a bonafide real worship song that we're just going to encourage kids to lift up their hands and close their eyes and just be in pursuit of the Lord. And, you know, another week, you utilize that song at the end of a message. And so think about it more from that standpoint and just make sure that every single month you're kind of giving them all of those different experiences. Um, that's my suggestion there. But I think I think in general, it's just making the time to worship. Um, I, I laugh uh, sometimes in talking to leaders. Um, I've had leaders tell me like, we don't do slow songs because our kids don't know how to respond to them. And when they when they make that statement to me, I want to be like Judy Hopps and Zootopia with the carrot pin tape recorder thing and yeah. just play back for them what they said, because I'm like, well, they're never going to learn how to respond to it because you've taken away the opportunity and the experience. Right. But, I, I th- you know, like I've had many people tell me that before. And so I think you have to make time to worship. And so that's choosing to be intentional. And especially if in, you're in that place where you're like, we have not been doing it, then I'm just going to be real and honest with you. Like, you're going to have some work cut out of you, cut out for you, like the next couple of months. Yeah. But I promise it will be worth it. So go through that, the uncomfortable, you know, tension of, bringing this back up. And, you know, even if you need to first couple of weeks, let them sit during the slow song. If you need to just get them used to being back in that space. And I, you know, obviously that's not my first pick in the world, but it's an opportunity to grow them and get them kind of reacclimated with it. And so, you know, let them sit if that's what, and then It's just really thinking it through in steps and going, okay, where were they last week? What was it like? What would be a practical step that I could lead them in this week to help them become the worshipers that God made them to be? Yeah, the teaching moments, right? Those teaching moments are taking time out. I mean, and like I've seen in some kids ministry where every song has motions. 
every song doesn't need motions. Like, like you don't need to try to choreograph a worship song. What we've got to do is teach our kids how to spontaneously worship so that when yeah. they're at home, when they're by themselves, you know, I mean, and again, I don't think this stuff is as much taught as it is caught. So they're watching leaders too. And if leaders look at the worship as, or the music just says, well, here's the introductory and we just have to do it because we always have, you know, like, I think we miss out on the importance. For sure. For sure. I, I I had a camp I was leading at worship a few summers back and, um, you know, throughout the different sessions, the groups move around the auditorium, you know, so everybody has a front row seat. This one morning I ended up with like a large, we're talking like hundreds of boys front and center. Awesome. And it was one of those moments that I was like, all right, we're going to see how this goes. Like this is, this is either going to be awesome or this is going to be like a total hot mess. Of those moments. <laughs> and it was one of those, like I have these moments where I wish there was a GoPro like built into my brain, you know, where I could just be like record, you know, so that I could capture this footage because this particular day, these boys were so into it and they were passionate and they were involved and they were doing all the things. It was like picture perfect. And I finally saw um, one of their leaders with like a phone out and, you know, like I was like, okay, good. Someone's like filming this and capturing it. it yeah. <laughs> and I, I went to them afterwards, like trying to get the footage and that church had a real strict policy on pictures and video. And so it was a whole like approval process for me to get my hands on the video. But um, I did, but in talking to that leader, I was like, okay, so tell me about what this looks like in your ministry how this happened because that amount of only boys front center could have looked very, very differently. And this children's pastors explanation to me all fell back on the male leaders that she has involved in her ministry. And, you know, she was like, in general at our church, they're seeing worship modeled in our adult sanctuary, you know, that's spilling down. We're talking about, we're teaching about it, but I would say the biggest factor she attributed to was her volunteers, those other male leaders that were working in that preteen ministry that were getting in there, encouraging those boys and really, you know, setting the tone and setting the pace. You know, Um, I think, I think sometimes adult leaders I have seen as well, they follow what the kids are doing rather than setting the tone and setting the bar for where you want the kids to be. And so because it is caught, those kids are watching. I mean, like, and to me, if you don't have a, a personal worship relationship like that, where you're, you know, you just view it as, Hey, this is just filler time. We have to do it because we have to do it. I think, I mean, like there's a, it's a whole different ball game, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and boys watch what their male leaders are doing. That's just the way it is. And so You've got to have guy leaders in your kids ministry and guy leaders who have a heart for God. And that's an interesting concept because, you know, if you're a, if you're a, a woman children's pastor, it's easy to attract ladies, a little bit harder to, tra- to attract guys to get involved. And I think you need both. And so what, what kind of, um, would you have any feedback for ladies that are leading how they get guys involved from what your perspective has been? Well, I mean, it's really just going going and recruiting and talking to them, you know, and that and even even in the area of kids ministry, it's like, okay, go to your student pastor and talk to him and find out like, hey, what are some 
what are some teens that maybe they have an interest in music, you know, or they play an instrument or they can sing that could even help you in the area of worship or come and serve in your class. I think anytime, anytime a boy sees someone that they would want to be like, it's a woman. And so someone they can look up to. And then, and I would say on the flip side of that with women, I think it's just important to be strong, you know, like I, I, I feel like I have been successful over the years at leading boys in worship. So I, I don't, I mean, you're not going to hear me say like, if you don't have a male doing it, it's going to be a flop and a failure. Right. Because exactly. I know that I can, yep. but I also know thinking that through there's some specific things that I'm doing or how I'm choosing my songs when I'm getting to know that group of kids so that those boys don't see me as just like a complete joke and like lame, you know, well, it's just, I'm going to come into it. Definitely choosing, um, choosing a song that just sonically is strong and, yeah. uh, rocking and fun. So I'm, I'm building rapport and cool points by not doing anything that feels childish and lame. Yeah. That's just the truth of it. in those first few songs. Um, And I think, I think kids have more mature musical tastes than the church gives them credit for. Yes. You know, as a whole. Yep. Um, You're not going to get fifth and sixth grade boys to sing to a song that feels like kindergarten, first grade or second grade. And so like, you've got to look like high school musical was actually written for fifth and sixth graders, you know, I mean, like, or like some of the stuff they're watching on like Disney and like, I mean, you have to think in those kind of terms, if it feels like school, then they're not going to be involved. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. sure. So I think, I think it's being just being intentional about kind of how I play certain songs until I, have built some relationship or until I can have a teaching one moment where I'm kind of breaking down for them something about worship or kind of what um what my invitation is. I think that's a that's a big thing as well. Where we so often just kind of segue into worship is like now it's time for us to sing praise to Jesus. Right. You know, it's kind <laughs> of like okay. <laughs> so right. what? You have fun with that, you know, like, and that, that was something that online church taught me. Um, I think it has always applied and been a true thing, but it just became glaring obvious as I was watching online church a couple years ago is that your invitation is so important. And so not just saying, Hey, now it's time for us to sing, but like, Hey, we're going to sing to God right now. And here's what I want you to do. Here's the posture that I want you to maybe have in your heart right now, or here's how I want you to engage. There needs to be more explanation to it. And, you know, I kind of, we'll talk about worship as just drawing a box around it. And the same thing like applies here, even within your worship set, kids are used to having some boundaries, you know, (laughs) they're used to being corralled, you know, into how to behave in certain situations. And so think of your worship time as that, not that you're trying to limit them and hold them back, but realize there's so much freedom that will be given to them by you just breaking it down to say, this is how 
we're going to engage with God as we sing this today. I and want I you to you- clap your hands with me. I want you to put a smile on your face. Like, here's what the scripture in Psalms, you know, says, and let's take that to heart as we make these words our prayer and we sing them. It just by filling in the gaps with just truth. Yep. It gives knowledge and understanding. And we know we know the scripture people perish for yeah. a lack of knowledge. Totally. And we have Christians that are perishing and are malnourished because churches are not giving them information and knowledge about why their worship matters to God. Totally. And it's interesting because when you start to think about our society, we're living in a post-Christian world. So people coming into church, you just assume they would know they don't know. And so, like, I mean, I think that idea of the teaching and really digging in is super important. And sometimes it may seem elementary, but people don't know. Like, they don't know. They haven't grown up in the church. If you have new families coming in, you know, I think you really have to think of that perspective of, okay, if somebody doesn't know anything about church, how do we help them to know? And, you know, some people say, well, I don't want to manipulate kids in worship by telling them to clap their hands or smile. Like you're giving them an okay to go, this is what you need to do. It's not manipulating them, but they don't know. Like, I mean, and it's so, talk about uncomfortable. Like you go to a place for the very first time. Let's say you go to Disney World for the first time. You have no idea what you're doing. You're so thankful there's a guy that can tell you what to do. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I, um, had one of those moments years ago where I was duking it out with God because I'd seen, I'd seen someone on Facebook make a comment and, and they weren't even talking about kids, but they were just saying in general, I don't want to be a cheerleader of worship. I just want my example to just naturally inspire, you know, people. And yet, you know, I'm walking into churches on a regular basis and looking around sanctuaries and kind of going like my heart breaking. Cause I'm like, people, People aren't engaged in this time. And so I was duking it out with God after seeing that post, just like, why did he say that? And and I know that's especially in adult world, that's an angle that worship people take. And God just reminded me, he said, look at David. Yeah. Psalm 47, one is a perfect example of what I feel like our role as a worship leader is. Um, Psalm 47 once says, come everybody, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful songs. Yep. It's not a huge Bible verse. We could all memorize this verse probably in the next three minutes, you know, and it's a short verse, but yet there's four pieces of instruction yep. and information that is given. And as a worship leader, my job is to say, hey, everybody, this is what we're going to do, you know, and this that. is why the joy of the Lord is your strength. And this is how I want you to sing loud on this. Let's remember what God has been doing in our lives and let's put our trust in him. It's just giving some context, information and leading your kids to participate in the time and where you lead them, they will follow. Yeah. I see I see it true every single time I get on a, a group of stage a stage with a group of kids um, just by breaking it down and saying, this is a step we can take this session. Yeah. Yes. Um, yep. That's so good. That's so good. On each other, you know, over time. So where you lead them, they will follow. For sure. And that's a good statement. And yeah. I think that's a good statement to think about in kids ministry in general, where are we leading our kids and really digging into that idea. And it's a good evaluation statement. 
because you can look and go, okay, where are we leading our kids and what are we doing? And now's a good time to stop and evaluate. It's all, you know, when you hear these kind of teachings and you hear these kind of conversations, uh, I think every one of us needs to evaluate. Every one of us needs to be saying, okay, what are we doing uh, to teach our kids and being intentional? So is there anything else that you'd like to leave leaders today as we get ready to wrap up here? Yeah, well, okay, two things come to mind. So I just taught this college uh, class for Ascent College um, about children's and worship. Yeah. And I literally last week was like reading my students' final paper and stuff they wrote about it. And I I thought it was interesting that every single one of them quoted this, you know, from all the different weeks in the classes, just that you can't lead someone where you haven't been yourself. Yep. And so I think that is an important thing for leaders to remember. And and even, you know, for me as a worship leader, I believe you what you sow, you reap. And so when I'm the person that's being led in worship, I want to sow my worship and my participation and participate just from that standpoint that I know one day the tables are turned and I'm the one that's up there asking an audience to participate and do all those things. Yeah. So I want to, I want to stand when they tell me to stand and I want to, yes. you know, put my hand when I'm encouraged to do that and all of those things, because I, I want to read the same things. But I think even if we just go back to my original kind of burden of just uh, leaders not caring about this, um, I just would challenge you to dig into the subject of worship personally right. yourself as a Christ follower, as a disciple of Jesus, you know, to look at scripture, to read some books, to listen to some messages about it, and just ask God to open your eyes personally, to just understand the value, the sacrifice of worship at times, yeah. but just the, the, the communication, the two-way process of us giving our offering of worship to the Lord, but he always ministers back to us in that process. Man. And, you know, and so walk through some of those things and just let you personally grow in this area. And I know as you do your heart, your care, your passion, and just the the real life lessons and testimonies that you'll have to share to explain worship to your kids will come alive in a whole new way that they haven't before. I love um, also like lately, I, earlier this year, I read this book, discipleship begins with beholding. I had actually done a podcast interview with a church and the worship pastor, I was talking about my book and he was like, I think you would really like this book, Discipleship Begins with Beholding. And I read it and from the get-go was like, I totally know why this guy like thought I would recommend it. Because it is it is so very true. I loved it so much. But I just want to share, share this. Um there's so much good stuff that's in it, but yeah, this one, this one's good. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Yeah. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. Yep. It is a temporary necessity, but worship is forever. Wow. Wow. And yeah. I think missions is our outflow of worship. For sure. That's For the sure. outflow. 
man, because it's easy to focus on writing a check to missions overseas or, you know, like even going on a week long mission trip, but like worship is, wow, that's a powerful statement. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. good I would highly recommend y'all checking that out too. And I know some people just bristled like missions is the most important. Well, no, that's a great perspective. You know, I mean, and no one's saying missions isn't important, but it is like really looking at like, it's reminding that first off is love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Exactly. Exactly. And missions, is, like you said, it's the, the secondary, it's the byproduct, loving others, yep. sharing with others, the gospel of Jesus. That is an important thing. But if we are missing the mark of loving God ourselves in yes. our whole life and all the things we do and say, our testimony is not going to be as strong and as rich and great as it could be. That starts world. this way, right? It starts vertical and then the horizontal happens from there. So, well, man, so good. Will you pray for our leaders today? Thank you so much for your insight. It's so good. Yeah, of course. God, I just pray today that um, you would open our eyes, yes. open our eyes to see what you have ahead for us, our, the ministries that that these leaders lead and represent, the kids, the families, God. I just pray that you would just just renew their passion, but as well, God, just reorient what they see as what matters most and the things that um, just open their eyes to see the things that you want them to get passionate about, the areas that you want them to disciple their kids in. How can they help kids fall more in love with you? That's the goal. And that's the process that we want to just do our part in helping to make happen. And so, God, I just pray that you would um, bless each leader that's listening today, open their ears to hear you, um, help their their spirits to just be like a sponge that just soaks up what it is that you have for them. And God, I just pray that you would give us wisdom um, as we evaluate and figure out next steps and what this looks like in our life. Lord, I know that, um, when we ask you for wisdom, we ask you for help, you always show up. And so we just invite you into our day and our time and just our to-do list, God. And we pray that you would increase our vision to help kids become the worshipers that you created them to be. We thank you for this time, Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yancy, where do people find you? Yeah. So on social media and places like that, Yancey, not Nancy is the username. You can find me there. You can learn more about my book, Sweet Sound, The Power of Discipling Kids in Worship at yanceyministries.com slash sweet sound. And then um, I've got a curriculum to help you teach kids about worship. You can go to yanceyministries.com slash heartbeat for that. And then all sorts of worship resources for your church. So a little praise party for younger kids, Kidman worship for older kids. I've got quite a few new songs that are going to be coming out um, over the next six months as well. So follow me on social media to learn all about those things. And don't be ripping them from YouTube children's ministry leaders. Make sure you get them from Yancey. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, Yancey, thank you so much. Thank you for your heart. It's so great talking to you today. Kidman Tribe, we'll see you next time. God bless you. Go and just do intentional things to teach your kids to worship. All right, we'll talk to you soon. God bless you guys. We would love to hear from you. What are some of the thoughts, questions, ideas you would like to hear more about? 
You can submit your thoughts and questions to thekidmantribe.com slash mailbag. And be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know. Yancey, you nailed it today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for giving us some great topics and some great ideas on really how to get it right in kids ministry. Hey, I ask you this every week. Please do this. Go and whatever platform you're on, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Share your thoughts. Give us a high five. Give us five on the ratings. Let us know that you're there. Share your thoughts and your comments. We want to hear from you, what you like, what we can help you out with more. It's super important that you help us to guide and lead and direct this discussion when it comes to the Kidman tribe. Leave a review. We'd so appreciate it. And then share it with every Kidman leader you know. You can also find us online at thekidmantribe.com, our online home. We have a bi-weekly blog that you're going to want to check out with some great leadership tips. Literally, you can take those leadership articles and pass them around to your kids ministry leaders for training. They're so good. You can also find Kidman Tribe swag on there to give to your volunteers. Great time as you're coming into the fall to appreciate them. Get them a water bottle, get them some shirts. Let them know that you're so thankful you're part, they're part of the tribe. Also, one of the features we have on the website is our mailbag. I would love to hear from you as we're gearing up for the fall. I'd love to hear what you'd like us to be talking about, what you're struggling with, what topics that you need training on. We want to help you in that. And so you can go and leave that on the Kidman Tribe dot-com backslash mailbag. Hey, in two weeks on the show, I'm excited to welcome David Laughlin. David and Tisha are internationally recognized illusionists. They've entertained and inspired audiences all over the world through their unique blend of both classic and cutting edge illusions. Their programs have been featured at the NCAA Final Four on TV at IndoFest in Indonesia and at conferences and conventions all over the world. In fact, if you've been to a kids ministry conference, you've probably met the Laughlins. The Laughlins have performed at a wide range of venues from churches with regular attendance of 25,000 plus to churches of under 100. David has shared his expertise and illusions on the TEDx stage. David's a great friend and I've asked him to speak to us and give us some very practical ways that we can keep our attention, kids' attention during our Sunday morning services. Really, whenever we get together, what are those fundamentals on making sure we keep their attention? Share this podcast with every kid mini leader you know. You're not gonna wanna miss it in two weeks with David Laughlin. You are gonna love it. Hey, I want you to know you're loved, you're appreciated as you're getting in to get ready for fall and you're digging into what God has, spend some time praying. Spend some time saying, God, what do you want for our ministry this fall? I know we can get so busy that that kind of is our last thing that we do. I want to encourage you, make that your first thing. Take some time out with God this week to say, okay, God, we're getting ready to go into the fall. What is it that you have for us in this new season? Listen, you are loved. You're appreciated. Everything you do is making a difference for eternity. I can't wait to hear what God does from this summer and into the fall in your ministries. You are loved. Man, I'm cheering you on always. Keep doing what you're doing. You're making a difference for eternity. We'll see you in two weeks here on the Kidman Tribe Podcast. The Kidman Tribe Podcast is a production of 1230 Kids. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your kids' ministry, visit kidmantribe.com.